Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let me just read something in your hearing as we get started this morning. I recently saw a surveillance video of a male child abductor who seized a young girl in a convenience store. The man looked like he was in his late 20s, and the little girl looked like she was about 13 years old. With a swift motion, he grabbed her arms and pulled her violently towards the door leading to his car. Just then, the girl's middle-aged mother came running into the picture. With her purse swinging from her left arm, she ran fearlessly toward the criminal, but he wouldn't quit. After fending her off, he grabbed the girl again and started for the front door. As I watched this horrific event, I thought, what is this guy thinking? As I continued to watch, this mother, who seemed to have no self-defense skills whatsoever, nor be in any physical shape to fight, lunged for her daughter, embraced her on the floor with all of her might. It was obvious that she did not consider that her brave act could be the last decision of her life. The kidnapper, however, was determined. With his disproportionate amount of strength and with powerful intermittent heaves, in a real life and death tug of war, he continued to drag the daughter and her mother toward the door, still desperately clinging to her child. The mother would reach out her hand in between the forceful yanks to loosen the assailant's grip. Finally, after a few more attempts, the man accepted defeat and fled. What would cause a middle-aged, out-of-shape mother to run with all her might towards one of the cruelest of men? And what would compel her to continue to grapple with him on the floor, knowing that he was too strong for her? And what kind of internal force could instantly coerce her to abandon all reason and throw her body to the floor? Well, the answer, of course, is a mother's love. How many of you believe that there is no love like a mother's love. Got any mamas in the house today? Well, let's ask a real question. Why did God, the creator of the universe, send his son to die for you and to die for me? Why would God put everything on the line And send Jesus to be brutally beaten, to be mocked, to be crucified, 
to bleed, to die on the cross, and to be buried. Why would God do that? Because God loves you. Don't forget, friend, God doesn't just possess love. The Bible says that God is love. Don't forget, friend, it wasn't because you were so lovable that God loved you. It wasn't because you were so excited about serving him. It wasn't because you were so obedient to do what he asked. It wasn't because you laid down your life to follow him with whatever he wanted you to do. Why did God send Jesus for you? Why did God send Jesus for me? Because of his great love. Now, it's one thing to know that God loves me. But it's a whole different thing to experience God's love for me. Let's look at John 3.16 and be reminded of a couple of things this morning. Come on and let's read it together. Some of us know it by heart. It'll be on the screen. John 3.16, let's read it together. One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice it says, for God so loved the world. That's every sinner, every person who didn't want to spend any time with God, every murderer, every person who was immoral, every person who was furthest away that they could ever possibly be from God. God so loved that person. God so loved the world. God so loved you and I. Notice if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it says that we won't perish. It doesn't mean that we won't die physically. We know that, of course. This is talking about the second death. This is talking about spending eternity in hell. Eternity separated from the love of God. I also want to point out just real quickly, it says that we'll pass from perishing to everlasting life if we'll put our faith in Jesus. Can I just say that everlasting life not only speaks to duration of life, but it speaks to a quality of life. Amen. Don't let any religious preacher ever tell you that your life won't change if you decide to follow Jesus. Don't let any religious person ever tell you, just because you decide to follow Jesus, that doesn't mean that your life is going to get better. I beg to differ, friend. Anybody agree with me? Life is way better with Jesus. And the only way that's possible is because God so loved you. So we're going to start a short series over the next four weeks, and we're just simply calling it So Loved. I had a couple of different ideas for this subtitle. Uh, one of them was like experiencing the unconditional love of God. And I really want to stick towards that because I think there's a lot of people, Christians and unchristians alike, who would readily admit that they feel convinced that they know that God loves them. But yet we know there's a difference between knowing about God's love or reading about God's love, or just saying I know that God's loving me, and actually experiencing his love in our everyday life. So it's so important that we re-embrace this. Now, those of you who are with us in 2019, you'll probably remember we covered some of this. But I just 
think that with as crazy as it is in our world, with kind of COVID lingering and all of the people that have lost loved ones and the financial instability and the wars and the rumors of wars and all of the different things that are going up, right? Gas, food. Come on, I bought a carton of eggs the other day. It was $6. My wife wanted me to take it back. Now, it was pasture-raised and organic, but I want to eat healthier going in 2022, so just everything's going up. Gasoline, man, $5 a gallon, that's a lot. Make me want to be walking everywhere. So if there's ever been a time where we need to know, where we need to receive, where we need to grasp the love of God at a whole new level, how many believe it's now? It's here. It's now and it's here. Some of you may know our mission. Our mission is simple. Look at it with me. Our mission is to reach and connect people to Jesus Christ. Why? So that God's love is confirmed, hope is renewed, and their faith comes, come on, say it with me, to life. Did you know where we got that mission statement? We got it from the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, the apostle Paul says this, and now abide faith, hope, Love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. I mean, faith is pretty important. Hope is pretty important. But the greatest of these is love. Think about it, friend. When you get into heaven, you're not going to need hope anymore. Everything you ever hoped for is happening right there as you're looking at Jesus. Amen. You're not going to need faith anymore. Faith is going to be a reality. You're going to be right there with Jesus. But think about love. God is love. Love will forever be part of our experience with God in heaven for eternity. God's love is the greatest gift that we could ever glean, that we could ever pull in, that we could ever grass. So Pastor Robert, if, if I want to know, if I want to receive, and I want to begin to experience God's love at a, at a deeper level, what, what do I got to do? What do I got to know? What do I got to be assured of? Here's the first point that I want to share with you this morning. You got to know this. I am so loved by God. Come on, say it with me, church. Come on. I am so loved by God. Even on your worst day, wives, even on your husband's worst day, he is so loved by God. Did you know nothing you can do can change God's love for you? If you were with us at the beginning of this year in January, we did a series and we had a theme that we rolled out. And we're still holding on to it. Are you? This was our theme for 2022. Only God can do it. And our, and our tagline was positioning ourselves for a year of breakthrough. Friend, don't let that go. Don't let that go. And we got that from Mark 9.23. Mark 9.23, Jesus is speaking to a father whose son needs deliverance, whose son needs help. And Jesus tells him, if you can believe, all 
things are possible. Come on, say it with me. To him who believes. If is a big two-letter word, amen? If you can believe, if you can put your faith in me, if you'll stretch your faith to the impossible, because with God, nothing is impossible, amen? But did you realize that our ability to believe is first connected to believing that God loves me? It's connected. Let me show you. In Galatians 5, 6, Paul says that faith is activated and expressed and works through love. The more that you know, the more that you're convinced, the more that you receive God's love for you personally and intimately, not just the world, but for you, Larry, for you, David, for you, Yolanda, for you, Doug, for you, Maurice and Shalom, when you receive God's love personally, your faith level goes up. Your confidence in God's promises goes up. Your ability to trust God for breakthrough goes up. If we will believe and see God move in our lives, if we will believe and see God move in our church, if we'll believe and see God move in our families, we will have to receive and come to know we are so loved by God. I love the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Refresh yourself. The prodigal son represents you and I, and the father in the story represents Father God. And the son has this big, bold idea. It's time for him to leave the nest, and he wants all of his money. So he goes to his dad and says, give me my portion. I want to go. I want to make it on my own. So he does. And the Bible tells us that he wastes all of his inheritance, he begins to waste his life, he wastes his gifts on women and wine, gambling, prodigal living, he was very sinful, and the Bible says that now he's at a place where he's just fighting for his next meal and he's eating pig slop because that's what he was doing to kind of earn his stay. And the Bible tells us that at some point, I believe it was by the Holy Spirit, at some point the Bible says he came to himself. Come on, everybody, you understand what it means when he came to himself and, and he said, I'm going to go back home. And then the Bible tells us that he begins to prepare this big apology. He begins to rehearse what he's going to tell his dad and how he was going to repent and how he was going to ask for forgiveness. And I could just see him. He's on his way home, however far that was, and he, he's kind of rehearsing the apology. And he's kind of rehearsing because he wants daddy to accept him and forgive him and bring him back. And then we just see the love of God. In Luke 15, 20, it says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. Catch that, friend. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him. And he threw a party and he bought the royal robe and the family ring and the sandals and the DJ and the neighbors. Do you remember the story? My son that was lost, my son that was dead, he's back, he's alive. Let me ask you a question, friend. In that story, when the son was lost, whose loss was it? Come on. 
the fathers. Someone here needs to hear this today. Someone watching on Facebook needs to hear this today. The father's waiting for you to come back home. The father's waiting to you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the first step to realizing that you are so loved. That's the first step to experiencing the love of God. Some people are letting things and places and people keep them from coming home. Keep them from coming back to the love of the Father. Don't let anything hold you back from stepping back into the love of your Father. So the first thing you have to know is that you are so loved. Why does God love us? Write this down. I am his masterpiece. Come on, say it with me, church. I am his masterpiece. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. See, we got to remember, friends, that we were created to possess capacity for love, for reason, for morality, for language, for personality, and for purpose. Humans are made in God's image in another way also, as a representative. God gives mankind, you and I, the responsibility to rule over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the kingdom of darkness and the enemy in the earth as his representatives, amen? But we all know what happened. That plan was interrupted through Adam and Eve's sin that plan was destroyed. And so now the Bible says that we have to receive Christ and the love of God through Christ. And when we do, we become a new creation. We step back into the master plan. We step back into being those representatives of God that he originally designed us to be. Look at it with me, Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Somebody say workmanship. Come on. Workmanship. You've heard this before. It's the Greek word poema, P-O-I-E-M-A, from poeo, P-O-I-E-O. It makes a difference. Listen, poeo means to make or to fashion or to produce, or to create. It's where we get our English word, poetry, or poem. Did you know that you're God's poetry in motion? You're God's masterpiece. The word signifies that which is manufactured, something designed and produced by an artist. Poema emphasizes God as the master designer, and each of us as his master peace. When we begin to receive God's love in Jesus Christ and realize that we're his masterpiece created by him and in his image with a plan and a purpose, we begin to live life at the level he intended for us to live in. Amen. This brings me to my third and final point. Listen to this. How do I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves me. 
I know Pastor Robert, God loves the world, but, you know, I'm not so lovable. Friend, doesn't have anything to do with how lovable you are or you aren't. Let's be reminded about what the word says. Here's the final point I want to make. God demonstrated and proved his love through Jesus Christ. Look at it with me in Romans 5.8. We're talking about scriptures from the Bible. This is the truth. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. Come on, say it with me. Still sinners, Christ died for us. On your worst day, Christ died for you. Christ died for you. And because of his dying for you, that was love in action. He demonstrated that unconditional, relentless, never tiring, doesn't have anything to do with you, God kind of love. He, he laid it all on the line by sending Jesus. That's how you know that you know that you know that God loves you. All the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. How many of you watched The Chosen? I love The Chosen. We're going to watch season two starting in May on June on Wednesday nights. But I found a clip that I want to go to in just a moment. We're going to get ready to play this clip. And I want to just kind of give you an idea of what you're going to be looking at. So it's a scene that's going to start out between Joshua and Moses. And Moses is pounding out the fiery serpent out of iron. And there's exchange between Moses and Joshua because Joshua's concerned because of the people's sin and disobedience to God. Hundreds of God's people were dying in the wilderness. And so God told Moses to make this serpent out of iron and to erect it on a pole. And then we're going to switch over to a New Testament scene, a discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus. And they're going to talk about this Old Testament scene, and they're going to make reference to the fact that that was a prophetic picture of what would happen to everyone who looks to Jesus Christ and puts their faith in him. Let's watch the video together. Joshua, how many more in the night? Some 300, sir. Where will you bury them? Men are trying to take a trench, but the ground is hard and rocky. With respect, Moses, my concern is not for the dead, but for the dying. Hundreds fall by the day, and for every serpent we kill, another ten appear. Maybe we should leave the bodies here, in this tent. At the rate people are dying, there would not be enough room, even if we stacked them to the top. Then we'll have to leave and find some place else. I'm not leaving anytime soon. Too many people are sick and cannot walk. After today, the only Hebrews too sick to walk will be those who choose to remain so. Is there medicine in that bronze? You told the people that you would ask God to forgive their rebellion. To heal their serpent wounds. I did. Then why are you hiding in a tent? It wasn't my idea, Joshua. That is a pagan symbol. You did not ask him if you were sure. Maybe you misunderstood him. I've learned to do what he says. 
without questioning. You remember what happened at Mariba. Just to be sure, we could send a messenger to Ezeon Gip or beg for aid. That Poe. Hand me that Poe. say it is a cruel joke. Let them say that. Help me understand. None of this makes any sense. How do you explain the Red Sea? The man in the coil? The pillar of fire? Joshua, any Israelite who looks upon this bronze serpent and believes in the power of Adonai will be healed. It's an act of faith. Not reason. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that, do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. Mm. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? I love that part when Jesus said, God loves us in this way. He sent his only son to die for us so that whoever believes in him shall not perish Friend, if you catch anything today, catch the fact that God's love for you is more than you can ever imagine with your human understanding. 
God's love for you far outweighs the love of a mother that I talked about at the beginning of this message. So Pastor Robert, what can we do today, today, before we leave, to receive God's love fresh and anew? Regardless of how long you've been walking with the Lord, whether you've just recently committed your life to Him a few months ago, or you've been walking with Him for 30 or 40 years, I believe that there's room in our experience with God to be refreshed in God's love today. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're not done with our service, but I'd like for us to worship the Lord one more time through another song and make this time an opportunity to respond to God's love. Make this time an opportunity to respond in a way that's personal and intimate and meaningful to you. Maybe you need to pray uh, to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior for the first time. Or maybe you need to recommit to him. And that doesn't have to be this big, giant theological prayer. The Bible tells us that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he died for your sins and God raised them from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. So you could just say something like, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus for me. I realize that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I ask you to forgive me, God. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the grave. Fill me with your spirit. Save me and help me to live for you. It could be as simple as that. But I just believe that the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you just need to recommit your life to God in a fresh new way. Maybe he's been dealing with you about something and you haven't quite wanted to give that up to him. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's something the enemy's just kind of gripped your life with and you know it's not good for you. You know it's not God's will for you, but you can't break free. God's love can break you free. Maybe you just need prayer today for something else. I'm going to have a prayer team right here, right now. You can come on up, team. I'm going to have a prayer team right here, right now. You can come up, team. And I'm going to have a couple of ladies right there. And you can receive prayer as we're worshiping the Lord. Or you can kneel in your pew, or you can sit in your pew, or you can come to the front. All I'm trying to say, friend, is allow the Holy Spirit to refresh God's love in you this morning. And don't let this opportunity to leave without doing that, because God's love for you is great, and He wants to make Himself known in a fresh new way. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.